0: Whenever I have a new idea for an app, one of the first things I do is go find a domain name for it. The company I use and have used for years is Hover.com. Hover.com has a clean and easy to use interface. They don't try to upsell me on a bunch of services I don't want or need and they provide free who is masking for the domains I register. So if I register a domain that's not directly tied to devchat.tv, people don't need to know that I'm the one that owns it. They also offer domains with all kinds of top level domains like .codes and .computer, and others like .coffee and .pizza. So, when you have your next idea strike, go to hover.com slash adventures to get it. Once again, that's hover.com slash adventures. Hey everybody, and welcome to another Adventures in Angular episode. This week we're gonna do something a little bit different. We had a talk given by Uri Shaked at Angular Dev Summit, and I'm just gonna go ahead and give you the audio from that talk. He talks about building high-performance static websites with Angular, He talks about a lot of the tools that go into that and a lot of the approaches there. Now, I'm probably going to be doing this Dev Summit every year. I'm considering doing it twice a year. So if you'd like to get notified, go over to AngularDevSummit.com. If you sign up for a free attendee ticket, even though it's already gone, or if you enter your email address into the pop-up that comes up, then you will get notified when we start doing Angular Dev Summit next year. Other than that, go ahead and listen to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hope you learn something, and we'll catch you all next week. All right, bye. Yeah. Yay. All right, folks. We are going to have our first talk of the day. We we have two talks today. We have uh, Uri uh, right now, and then we have uh, Nir Kaufman in about two hours. And Uri is going to be talking to us about building high-performance static websites with Angular. So Uri, if you need to share your screen or anything for slides or anything like that, uh, go ahead and set that up, and we'll let you take it away from here.
1: Thank you. Well, I will share it in a moment. First of all, I want to say that I really recommend as well. He's um, really um, awesome and he's also a very fun presenter. Anyway. So to our session today. Um, so hi, everybody. I see you are already very active at the chat, which is really cool. Um, my name is uh, Uri. I'm Google Developer Expert for uh, Web Technologies for Angular, which means that I go around the world and uh, speak about uh, web-related technologies, also blog about them. Uh, I also work for BlackBerry and today I want to share with you some uh, problem that I had and the solution that I found for that problem and while uh, going through this problem we'll actually learn a lot about um, how Angular applications are wired up and um, about some very interesting use cases which are not the standard use case for Angular. So before we can we get started, I will click quickly share my screen, and I will need to get your feedback if you can see the screen share. Any tunnel of um, chat windows nested one into each other. Um, if you do, please let me know in the chat um, so we can go on. Yeah, we see it. Hey, Shmoela. OK, perfect. Um, so uh, I will start with uh, the slides. Um, so the slides for today uh, is already introduced to you. We are going to see how we can use Angular to build high-performance websites, but not a regular website. Rather, we are going to build a static website. And for that, as I said, I will introduce you to a small problem that I had. So this used to be my personal website. And as you can see, it's not really up to date. I built it a few years ago and it was all just one big HTML file. And I didn't really bother to update it. I mean, I write a lot of uh, blog posts and I go to many conferences, but the recent tech talks section was not updated for more than a year. And the reason for that is that it was a big chunk of HTML file with a lot of repetition. And I never like really felt comfortable with just going and updating a bunch of HTML whenever I had something new. Um, so um, it is 2017 now, and I'm sure we can do much better than a very big HTML file. So I set up on a journey to find a new way Uh, to maintain my website and I had a few goals in mind. So the first goal was I wanted my website to be based on components, uh, just like I build Angular applications, so that each section of the website is actually a component and I can recompose the structure of the website just by moving components around. And then I can also repeat components like uh, create a component for a single blog post and then repeat it for each of the blog posts that they have. And then another very important requirement that I had, I wanted the content to load immediately. So I didn't want the user to wait once he enters the site. I wanted him to get the content instantly without having to wait for any JavaScript or um, to load and run and then another thing i wanted is to have this really simple i didn't want to run any uh, node server or php or any other kind of server-side solution i wanted it to be totally static and with that in mind i started looking for different solutions and you probably know if you use github they have the github pages which uses um, static website generator called jekyll which can probably achieve those goals. And there are other alternatives like Harp and uh, which is using Node.js and the EJS templates. But I'm an Angular developer. I mean, that's what I do most of my time, build applications with Angular. And I would really like if I could solve this problem with Angular as well, even though Angular is usually used in um, large scale apps that has a lot of code and usually a few minute more seconds of flow time don't really make a big difference uh, when you are about to work with some web app like Gmail for um, that will stay open. But in this case, um, I needed it to load real quick. So in this session, we are actually going to see how I built my own solution Around Angular to um, allow me to allow me to enable me uh, to get my website built with Angular while still um, getting a check for all those uh, items. And throughout this journey, we are actually going to um, learn a few interesting things. So first of all. We are going to do it all from scratch. So we are actually going to see live how an Angular app is wired from the ground up. We are going to start even without an empty directory because we are going to create a new directory and run all the different commands and create all the different parts and wire them together to get a functional app. And then we are also going to um, see how uh, all the pieces are connected together, in order to create an Angular application. And we are also going to meet a new tool called FuseBox, and also talk about Angular Universal, which we'll be using for the web, the static website generation part. But let's uh, start with the basic. So. In order to begin, uh, I'm going to create a new directory and uh, use Yarn to initialize a new project. Yarn, if you don't know it, is just an alternative to npm. You can pretty much substitute a command for Yarn with npm and it will work more or less the same. So. Let me switch to my window and I'm going to create a Dev Summit folder. Go into it, run yar init minus y. And as you can see, I got a package.json file that was created, something really uh, basic. And now I'm going to install all the uh, Angular dependencies. Basically, I'm going to install Core.js and Zone.js, which are just polyfills for features that will probably eventually make it into the browsers. And then RxJS, which is a library for the reactive extensions for uh, JavaScript, which is a library that is used by Angular to handle uh, streams of data like in the HTTP module. And then I'm going to install all the parts that make Angular, which are the core module, the command, the compiler, uh, et cetera. And we're going to talk about some of those at Angular modules uh, later when we get to configuring the app. So let's run this command, and Yarn is usually running much faster than uh, NPM, so I expect this to install in like 10 seconds or so. Come on, Yarn, don't disappoint me right now. Yes. So as you can see, it's pretty fast, and once we are done with that, we will also install uh, TypeScript, as we are going to use uh, TypeScript for um, like to write our code. So yarn is still running. It will take it a few moments. And then we are going to add TypeScript into the the project. And now the next thing we are going to open the project with uh, Visual Studio code so we can start editing the code. So basically we already got a very, very basic project skeleton, just the package.json and all the Angular dependencies. And the next thing we are going to do, we are going to create the actual files that will um, be the heart of our application. So the first of all, most important part, I will create an SRC directory and I will put there an index HTML file. By the way, I can't see the chat right now. Let me actually switch quick to the chat. Is the font size okay? yeah i see oh thank you so uh i see a few questions first of all yeah you will have uh, access to the presentation and the code and useful link so thanks for asking don and Mady and Lars, thank you very much for your compliment about the Angular desktop post. We have a new one coming soon, but uh, I will uh, talk about it in a few and also about Fusebox. So just wait a few minutes and you will learn about uh, Fusebox. But let's get back to the subject, creating the app skeleton. So uh, let's create a really, really basic index.html. It will have uh, HTML and body tags. Um, and it will say, hello, Angular. Actually, you know what? Let's already create the uh, skeleton for uh, the Angular app. So it will have an app main tag that while the app is loading will say, obviously, loading. So we have a really, really basic index HTML. All it does, it says loading and we still need to create the components for app main. And I think that's what we are going to do next, right? We are going to create the app module and the app component. Starting with the app component, I'm creating a folder called app. So this is basically the same folder structure as we get from the Angular CLI, if you used it. And I'm going to create the app component yes. Um, first thing I will probably need to import the add component from the angular core module so I'll component import the component decorator and then I can say add component uh, selector would be app main so this will be the main component for the app actually let's also ha- ha- add some templates it uh, will say hello angular and Let's give it a class name, uh, add component, I guess. Basically, we have got a really basic component. Don't worry about the TypeScript warning. Um, It happens because we still haven't configured TypeScript uh, with uh, support for decorators, which we are going to do in a moment. Um, But first thing first, let's make this uh, template a little bit more interesting by adding some dynamic code. So instead of um, saying, hello, Angular, it will actually say, hello, and then it will get the name from a variable in our component. And we can say, hello, to Jeff Summit today. So yeah, that's basically it. We have a very simple component, we have a template and some data binding. So we can actually verify that this code is running, but we still have a few pieces to figure out before we can get this uh rendered on screen um so uh the next thing would be to create the app module so basically the app module is uh the main uh container that will include all the components and pipes that will get started when the app is loaded we're going to import again from the angular core but this time we're going to import uh, Engine module. I can't spell. Uh, okay, and then uh, we're going to define the module. We'll call it uh, app module. Not really creative with the names today. Um, and we'll say that we want to define the, um, the app component that we just created so that the app component will be available. Um, Throughout the application, and then we also want to let me see. We also want to uh, bootstrap, so we want to define the components that will uh, get rendered as soon as the app is started. And that's again the app component that will be the main component of our app. And finally, we also need to import a browser module. Let's uh, import it here as well. Uh, Thank you, last um the browser module actually provide uh why isn't it happy about it oh it's platform browser yes thank you TypeScript, for letting me know and that should be imports i love anyway so uh the browser module includes all the functionality that is required um in order to render the application in browser so basically converting your template into DOM elements. And it also includes the common module, which is a part of Angular that defines all the common directives like NGIF, ngFor, and etc. So we have the app component and the app module, basically uh, the two basic pieces of code that will form our application. And now we also need to create a main file. And this main file, will bootstrap the application. So again, following the um, conventions of the Angular CLI, we are going to uh, call this main DS and put it in the SRC folder. And uh, basically we need to import um, a function from the Angular platform server, uh, platform browser dynamic basically the platform browser dynamic is a module that includes all the code uh, that lets you load load components and templates dynamically uh, into the browser and uh, compile them inside the browser Um, so you don't need to run any build step process to build them uh, during the build time and we are going to import this platform browser dynamic and we are going to call the bootstrap module which basically gets a name of the module and then this code should basically tell angular hey i want you to uh, create a new instance of this uh, platform browser dynamic and then use that in order to bootstrap my application um last but not least Uh, If you remember from the first slide, when we installed the dependencies, we actually need two more dependencies, uh, which are the uh, polyfills for uh, zone.js and uh, yes, and the a part of core.js, the reflect polyfill. I hope I remember the name correctly. I think it's john.js this zone. So basically, uh, Reflect is used by uh, TypeScript for uh, those decorators. So whenever you write a component, TypeScript actually generates code that interfaces with this Reflect polyfill and um, Reflect takes notes uh, about uh, the properties of each of those decorators and associates them with the classes that you declare And then Angular can uh, ask Reflect, which does all this bookkeeping, hey, this app component, uh, can you tell me more about it? Like which decorators did it have and what were their properties? So this is what Reflect does. And uh, we only need it in cases where we use platform browser dynamic and uh, load um, components in the template and compile them in the browser. If we do it on uh, the server side or on the build time, as we'll do later, we can actually remove the reflect part. And then zone.js is another polyfill that makes Angular change detection work. So I won't get into the specifics, but you can find, uh, I think, a good article about that in Angular in devs or in third blogs.
0: This episode is sponsored by Linode. Do you need a Linux server for your latest creation? then check them out. They provide SSDs, 40 gigabit per second network connections, and top of the line hardware to run your server on. It deploys Linux in seconds from the Linode cloud, and you can choose your Linux distro and node location right from the manager. They have locations in Asia, North America, and Europe, and they have a sweet set of tools to make it easy to manage it. If the web interface isn't your thing, they also have an API and a command line. So definitely go check them out. They also provide two-factor authentication, IPv6, DNS manager, cloning, scaling, and everything else that you want. So definitely get the most out of your Linux node and check them out at linode.com. And check them out at devchat.tv slash linode.
1: So I think basically that's it in terms of code. Before we go forward and configure TypeScript and uh, move on to the more interesting parts, let's see if you have any questions or questions things in the chat um yes so oh so many thank you oh jared you are following along with your pc this is also exciting for me i love to see uh regarding the extensions i will show you at the end if i don't ask me again uh, i might forget um anyways so on to the next topic. Uh, and of course, if you have any questions, just pop them into the chat and I will check it uh, after each slide. Um, so we have the basic code for our application. It's written in TypeScript, but obviously, this is not something that the web browser can handle yet. Maybe at some point uh web browsers will be able to load TypeScript and there is already a partial implementation of uh, the ES, uh, ECMAScript modules in most of the uh, browsers, like in the nightly builds and Canary versions, but this is not definitely not something we can work with right now. So the next step would be, first of all, to configure TypeScript. So uh, it will translate those type TS files into JavaScript. And then we'll see how uh, we actually bundle them together so that they can be loaded into the web browser. Um, So the first thing we're going to do is to set up the configuration for TypeScript. And for that, we are going to create a tsconfig.json which contains the configuration for the TypeScript compiler. Here it is. And I'm actually going to cheat a little bit here. And uh, to use a snippet for that, because I don't want to remember how to type all of that. Uh, But we'll go over this uh, configuration file quickly. Basically what we say, uh, this is the output directory where the uh, compiled code will go. Module common GS uh, is the, module format that we'll use for the uh, imports and exports. I will show you uh, the result, what it looks like in a moment. Module resolution node tells TypeScript to look for uh, modules that you import uh, inside an node modules directory. And then if you remember, we had this uh, annoying warning about um, decorators is a feature that is blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. Uh, so these two options actually enable the creators in TypeScript. Um, so I think I need to reload my Visual Studio code for the warning to go away. We'll try it in a moment. And finally, there is this lib which says, uh, we are going to use ECMAScript 2015 and all the dumb functions like uh, queries, document query selector, uh, location href, we also want them to be available to us in TypeScript. So basically that's it for the configuration. Let me quickly reload the window. So hopefully those errors will go away. And Then the next step we are going to do, we are going to set up TSC. TSC is simply the TypeScript compiler. And first of all, let's see. Yes, we don't. We no longer get those warnings about decorators. Um, so, I'm going to add a new NPM script that will uh, call TSC, we'll call it build and it will run TSC. So basically now whenever I run NPM run build, it should build my TypeScript code and write it into the disk directory. Yeah, so yeah, it worked. You can see that I have the exact same structure as in SRC, but I have the files compiled from TS to JS. And if I go into the file, I can actually see it replaces replace the imports with a require statement, which is common JS syntax as we specify the TypeScript configuration. So basically right now, we already got the all the application code into in JavaScript. doesn't look as uh, pretty as it used to be in TypeScript, but this is some finally something a browser can digest even though if you if you see, we still have those require statements, which are not really supported by our browser. So in order to handle those require statements, we need something that will handle uh, all the module loading. And there are a few alternatives for that. The common ones are system.js and Webpack. System.js was used by the Angular CLI, I think until beta 12, and then they moved to Webpack, so now they are using Webpack. But for the sake of this talk, we are actually going to use a different tool uh, called Fusebox. Uh, I will install it and then we can uh, discuss Uh, some of the advantages of Fusebooks and I will even show you some of them. So basically, Fusebooks is another bundling solution like Webpack. It just takes all of your uh, modules, in this case, the JavaScript files that we have seen, and their dependencies like the Angular um, packages, and it simply bundles them. Uh, into a one big or several big JavaScript files. So basically the same as Webpack does. But it has two advantages that I really like. First of all, it's super fast and you'll see in a few moments how much fast it is, like it's really fast. And then it also got hot module reloading out of the box, which is also cool. So you don't have to wait for your page to reload whenever you make a change. I will show that to you once we get it set up. And then the configuration is also simpler than that, the one that uh, Webpack has. Yeah, let me just uh, create a configuration file so you can see it. And finally, it also has built-in TypeScript support. It comes with TypeScript support out of the box. So, you don't have to um, set up anything before uh, just use DiveScript and it works. Uh, before we move on to configuring FuseBox, let me take a quick peek at the chat. Yes, I use Valve, good cat, but uh, let's get back to FuseBox for now. So, let's set up FuseBox. We need to do two, thi- two things. First of all, we are going to use uh, create the configuration file. Oh, I got a snippet for that as well, cool. So basically, uh, the configuration file uh, imports Fusebox. It says, hey, I want to read the source files from the SRC directory. I want to write the output to the disk directory. And then I also need to include a few helpers that um, are functions that TypeScript use. So this includes them in the bundle. Then I want to run the dev server on port four 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 five. I have no idea why I chose this number. And then I want to create two, modules, two bundles. One will be the vendor, one will be the app. And uh, I can figure how web, how um, Fusebox works by just uh, chaining those function calls. So I want hot module reloading. And basically this tilde, uh, tilde sign in main PS says, I want you to take all the dependencies of main TS, all the external dependencies and include them in this bundle. And likewise, we have uh, the app bundle um, that will basically include all the things in main that are not ex- uh, external dependencies. And we're also going to watch them. So whenever they change um, the app, we will reload. There is no point in watching uh, watching the third party dependencies Uh, It will just slow down things. Uh, And finally, we call fuse.run to start Fusebox. Um, And in order to um, be more efficient during development, we're also going to create an NPM script called start that will just uh, run this uh, Fusebox uh, configuration file. So unlike Webpack, which uh, uh, provide us a CLI tool that we run, and it loads the configuration file with Fusebox. We simply write code, run that code, and that code bootstraps, uh, bootstraps Fusebox. So, a slightly different approach. Um, but I think this format uh, looks much clearer than uh, Webpack configuration. Um, and then let's start it. So, I'm going to write npm start. Um, and we are going to see if it worked. Um, and it's already so quick spoiler, I'm going to open this URL and it's not gonna work. Let's try that. Yep, can't get slash because uh, Fusebox is actually serving the disk directory, the output directory, and we don't have any index file there. But you can already see that the uh, app.js bundle and the vendor.js bundle were created. So it basically works. We just need for the time being to copy the index.html file manually to the dist folder. Um, and the reason for that, um, does provides does provide a way to do that, but we are going to do it a little bit differently when we generate the static website in a few moments. So let's do it manually for now. So basically, what we are going to see now is loading, and if everything will work, it will quickly change to um, "Hello Dev Summit" or whatever we had in this app component. Yeah, to say "Hello Dev Summit." So, are we ready for the? Are we ready for this? Let's find out. It's loading, and it probably had some error. Oh, obviously. I have this HTML, but I forgot to um, load um, main.js and vendor.js, so let's add that as well. Uh, We have uh, vendor first. Then we also want to load uh, app.js okay so now we are all set and hopefully this time when i click the link we'll actually see uh, hello dev summit and not just uh, loading let's see if it worked this time and still have some issues let me see oh of course i didn't copy this to this oh trying for another another try Let's hope this time will be more successful. Yes, it worked. Hello, that's Sunny. So yeah, we finally have, uh, like it took us 30 minutes, but I also had to explain you everything. We finally have um, the Angular app that we configure totally from scratch, load and run inside the browser. And before I show you how fast, uh, Fusebooks is, which I think is one of the coolest takeaways you are going to get from this talk. Uh, let me real quick check the chat to see if there are any other funny things. What about the Angular CLI? So about the Angular CLI, I hope that they will they will adopt uh, Fusebooks, Fusebooks uh, at some point. And I think that they are going to, at some point, enable uh, build time rendering, which is the thing we are going to add next. So I hope that eventually we'll, you will be able to do everything that I present to you here with the CLI, but it's still not there. Anyway, we got Fusebox ready, and now uh, I even spelled the ZoneJS and CoreJS polyfills correctly. And now I'm going to show you uh, some of the Fusebox wonders. So, I have my component on the right and the Dev Summit and and the uh, app on the left. And I'm going to change the code. So, instead of hello, Dev Summit, it will say hello, uh, dear people, because that's what you are. And I'm going to hit save now. Have you seen that like a split of a second and it reloaded and I can like do it all day. I don't have to wait. The second I save, I get it uh, hot reloaded and re-rendered on the uh, left side of the screen. So I think that's really amazing, like 40, seconds, milliseconds to re-render the app. And I tried it with larger apps, and apparently, it still works pretty well. You get under 200 milliseconds uh, for every change that you make, in contrast with Webpack, where I could get down to two or three seconds, but it still doesn't feel as immediate as in uh, Fusebox. So that's one of the main reasons why I love Fusebox, and I recommend that you check it out. so before we go on with uh, the build time rendering, uh, let's see if you have any comments on the chat. Uh, yes, yeah, so Fusebox has a built-in dev server and yeah, sweet, this is so cool, nice, awesome. So I'm not the only one excited about Fusebox, that's all. Um, and then, uh, so how does Fusebox handle a larger code base? That's a good question. I haven't tested with humongous code bases. I have, I did test it with some larger projects and it worked pretty well. Like it wasn't 47 milliseconds, but it was like 150, 200 milliseconds, which is still uh, pretty uh, quick. Uh, There are a few issues if you use a lot of Webpack loaders and you want to migrate to Fusebooks, then you will have to uh, find ways to configure Fusebooks to behave similar to Webpack. So uh, the setup could take a few days for existing projects, but then um, I think it's definitely worth it, especially for newer projects. Anyway, about the dev server, it has a built-in dev server, and you can see that I enable it here in line 9 where I say fuse.dev and give it the port number to run on. So that's it about FuseBox. And let's get to the second part where after we have set up our development environment, we are going to set up the production environment. So we are going to build the static website out of our app. Because right now um, the Oh, you know what let me show this to you. if I uh, simulate a real slow uh, connection like a fast 3G even a faster connection and I reload, I notice that the user sees this loading for like already five, six, seven, eight, so many seconds, it's 10 seconds and it still hasn't reloaded so oh yeah, like 12 seconds until the user sees this uh, greeting. So it's definitely not optimal. And my goal was to get a user uh, to see something immediately.
0: This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time consuming pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole, never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent, talent-matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering, development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, help employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups, the size and type of company you want, to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy and your job search is of utmost importance. And if you go check them out at the show's link, that's hired.com slash adventures in angular, you can get double their normal hiring bonus. So instead of $300, you get $600 for signing up at our link. That's hire.com slash adventures in angular.
1: So let's edit that. For that, we're going to use a project called Angular Universal. It used to be a community project, but now it's part of the Angular platform. And it's also called OTB, which means outside the browser. I actually used Angular Universal uh, for a very unique uh, use case, but I'll tell you more about that in a moment. First of all, um, Angular Universal allows us to run the Angular framework, in a different environment at the browser. So that could be on the server side or on any platform that can run Node.js. So in one of my projects, I actually used Angular Universal on a Raspberry Pi to control Simon game that was connected to physical hardware. So that was Angular instead of running inside the browser, running on the Internet of Things device. Um, you can actually find me. Uh, If you look for uh, Angular IoT on YouTube, you can find this talk as well. Anyway, another thing about, uh, so we are going to use Angular Universal to render the pages, this index.html during build time in contrast to to rendering it inside the browser. And for that, we are going to, uh, to need to add a few more lines of code to our project. So, first of all, we are going to create a new module that will be used to bootstrap the application when we build it uh, with Angular Universal. So, we are going to create a new app server module. Uh, let's go back to the code. And let's create a new module, new Angular module called app.server.module.ts. And this one is basically, actually I'm going to be lazy and copy paste from app module. This module is basically going to um, bootstrap the app. I'm actually going to inherit all the stuff from app module so I don't have to define everything again. Um, Let's call it uh, app server module. I still need to, redefine my bootstrap uh, component because the bootstrap component is only relevant for the specific module I'm in. It's not getting imported by the import. But then uh, other than that, I also need to use uh, the server module, which allows me uh, to run Angular on the server. So I will import it, server module. And I think that's it basically. Um, I now have this uh, app server module that I will use in a moment to bootstrap the app um, during the build time so I can pre-render it. Um, So one more thing I need to do, I need to go to my app module and do a little bit, a small change. You see this with server transition um, so I need to add this to my browser module, which basically tells uh, the browser module, uh, oh, I need to give it some uh, app ID. I haven't figured out what's the use of this parameter because whatever value I give there, it works. Basically this with server transition tells Angular whenever it bootstraps the app, it says, um, I want you to uh, go over the." HTML document, which has already been rendered and take control from there. So in this case, Angular won't see our like index HTML with the app main that says loading. It will already have all the content content and components there. And this with server transitions uh, tells Angular, I want you to take control from whatever the server rendered for you. Um, So that's it. We have all the code that we need for the server-side rendering. Well, except for one part. We actually, we need some code that will run universal and um, render the index HTML time on build time. So we are going to create a new script called build. Let's do that. Um, Build.ts. And this script is going to use um, a part of Angular Universal that is called uh, a method from Angular Universal that is called render module. This uh, method takes uh, a module. We are going to create take the uh, app server module that we just created um and it also needs a document an html file it can work on so let's load this index HTML file it would start from first then we can read the html file so this code i'm writing right now will actually run inside node in build time and it will bootstrap angular um, read the html file I need to string it, I guess. Yes, now TypeScript is happy. And then if I hover render module, I can see it actually returns a promise. So I'm going to call then and get a result and then print it. Um, So what it will basically do, it will read index.html and create a new HTML file with all the dynamic content Inside the uh, app main element replaced with the actual text. Uh, we'll see it in a moment, but we still need to add the same polyfills as we have in the uh, main file. So these are uh, the polyfills that we use for the browser, and those reflect and zone so don't exist in inside Node as well. So we are going to need to import them here. Um, so Node can use them, and unfortunately, Node still can't run TypeScript files. But we have a nice uh, npm module for that called ts-node. So we are going to install it and create a script that actually let's replace the build script so that it runs this build.ts file with ts-node. So this, ts-node is basically an npm module that gets a file name as a parameter and loads it in node, but it also transpires the TypeScript code in the, during this process. So I think finally, we are ready to run our build script, and if everything goes well, we'll get the uh, index HTML printed to screen, but uh, it will be, the content will be replaced with, uh, the actual contents of the uh, index file. Before we do that, let's see really quick if we have any questions. Uh, Thanks, Lars. Good note. Uh, that's sick, I love it. Well, I enjoy reading your comments, but anyway, let's get back. Let's make it even more uh, sick. So running universal, uh, NPM run build, which is supposed to run this script. And let's see if it works. Waiting for the promise, waiting for the promise. TS node, compiling, running. Yes, it worked. As you can see, it actually created, uh, so we have here the HTML file, but it replaced the contents of actually contents of um, this uh, HTML file. So uh, basically, uh, Angular ran inside the server, uh, in, inside this node process and render the page. Um, and we still need to write this to the disk. So we are going to use uh, write file sync. And as I told you, this process will create the index.html in the disk folder. Uh, write file sync. And we need to give you the result. So now when we run it again, it will actually write the um, index.html file into the disk folder. And we can see that now we have this uh, HTML file with the pre-rendered content. So basically we achieved our goal. We got uh, build time rendering, and then we still load Angular. So at some point Angular does take control Let's actually see this in action, how Angular takes control. So um, let me see, Uh, we have this browser here. And as you can imagine, now it writes. you can see, hello, dear people. Let's actually uh, refresh from blank. Uh, You can see this hello people immediately before the script loads. But as soon as the script loads, Angular will take control and the page will also become interactive. Let me show that to you by adding some simple logic into my component. So let's add a button, button, and say on click, we call the change name method. Change name. Then here we'll define this change name method, which will say this the name equals awesome works. And now if everything goes well, uh, let's reload it. So uh, oh, I need to rerun the field to re-render the um service side code. Yes. Waiting for it to run. Yeah, it run. So if we reload it, we can see that we have the change name button. It's not active yet. It doesn't do anything because Angular hasn't loaded. But in a few seconds, once Angular will load, if I did everything right, we can see that it says how awesome it works. So basically, Universal render the HTML uh, with the button and the text. And once Angular loaded to control and then the page becomes interactive. Um, So any questions or cool comments uh, up to now, very cool. Um, So assuming that Fusebox and Universal behave the same with templates defined written in external files, that a good question. I have a slide on that in a moment. Uh, So back to the slides, basically, I had a problem of getting my website written with Angular, so it will be easy to update. And fortunately, this problem has been solved to me. And now, if you go to urish.org, you can actually see my new website. Uh, oh, you can actually see this uh, Angular IT project I told you about earlier here, um, which is rendered at build time. Whenever I deploy this, I use uh, Firebase hosting for that. Um, and I can write a code using Angular components and actually all those hardware projects are pulled off from a JSON file and they have an Android repeat that creates those uh, blocks. So basically the problem was solved for me. Now, whenever I need to update my website, I just fire up Fusebox, hack on it until I'm happy with what it looks like, then run npm run build, npm run deploy, it uploads it to Firebase and Uh, you can see the result and I actually update it now much more often. Whenever I have a new project or a new blog post, I just go there and update it because it's it's much more fun than it used to be now with Angular. So, uh, what's next? What can you do uh, even, what can you explore even further uh, to make this more fun and useful? So first of all, uh, of course, once you got the static website, uh, make it look awesome with CSS and add some cool interactions, and then you want to deploy it. So you can use Firebase Hosting, GitHub Pages, or there are plenty of services that let you host static websites. And then once you deploy it, uh, to answer um, the question from the chat, there is a nice plugin called NGT Fused that sets up Fusebox to load templates and styles from external files correctly. So definitely check this out if you are going to use Fusebox for a more serious projects. Um, furthermore, you can also set up um, ahead of time compilation. So the bundles that you ship uh, to production are not such so big, so even though we have instant uh, loading of the app because uh, we build it uh, during uh, build time, we render it during build time, the user still have, has to wait for the JavaScript files to load if he wants to interact with the site. And AOT at of time compilation will remove all the Angular compiler from uh, those uh, files um, and make them much smaller. So. The interactive part of the app will also fire up much faster. And I will share the last li- slides with you. You can click on this AOT word to watch a talk where I explain how to set up AOT and the advantages of AOT and what AOT actually is. And finally, there is another cool tool that you check, should check out. It's another project from the Angular team called Preboot. And if you remember, um, so when I loaded a page, if I click change name now and wait until Angular is interactive, I will notice that Angular didn't catch the click for an obvious reason. It should be interactive now. Yeah. So Angular loaded, but I clicked before it loaded. So Angular didn't uh, register this click and did, uh, didn't handle it. If I click now, it will obviously work. But, In an ideal world, I would want the um, Angular to know that the user interacted with the page in some way before it loaded, so it could handle these interactions as soon as uh, it has been loaded. And that's exactly what Freeboot does. It adds a small snippet of code, of JavaScript code at the beginning of your static HTML file that records all the user interactions. And then when Angular loads, it actually replaces replace all these interactions and um, Angular can handle them. So for the user, it feels like uh, it took a, a little while for the app to load, but the app actually um, responded to the user's interaction. And you asked me about the code. So all the code is available on GitHub, and I will post this link and also the link to the slides on the chat. Um, But first of all, let me take a sip of water and see if you had any questions. And another note at the end of the slides, after this key takeaways, uh, there is another bonus, uh, one or two bonus slides. Uh, So check out the slides after the talk and look for the bonus slides at the end of the slides. So sip of water. And to summarize, Uh, what we learned today. First of all, uh, wiring Angular yourself is not that hard. I know that uh, the CLI can do it for us, but I see a lot of value in understanding how everything is put together. So if you need something unusual, such as um, static uh, build time rendering, um, it's uh, actually doable. And then, Angular Universal enables new interesting use cases that were not possible before with JS, uh, such as, uh, so one of them is build uh, time rendering, which is very useful if you have a blog or a marketing site or documentation site or anything, everything that has a lot of content and does not require very heavy uh, interaction. And then uh, also the uh, Angular IoT uh, project that I mentioned, running Angular on a physical devices, that's another cool use case. So definitely explore the new directions and opportunities that we get now with the new Angular framework and Universal. So the last thing I want you to take away from here, Fusebooks is really nice. Do check it out, try to use it. I would start with the smaller toy project to see uh, how it plays uh, with all the, um, other uh, parts of the ecosystem and to get a good taste of what is it like working with Fusebox, and i hope that eventually it will also become an option in the angular cli because as you have seen the experience is much better than Webpack. uh so thank you for listening um i will go for the chat for the last time to see if we have any questions oh wow thank you um, So, wow, I love reading your comments, (laughs) applause. So, Dan, I see you have a lot of questions. So let's take them to the chat because I would really love to answer everything uh, about uh, testing. Uh, And yeah, I'm not sure. I don't have time to demo that moment, but. Yeah, uh, for the external templates, uh, I also use them in my project. Just set up the NG2 Fuse plugin. It's actually one of the bonus slides that they have here at the end of the presentation. Uh, So just set it up and it should do the trick. Let me share the link to the presentation with you and the GitHub repo. So this is the GitHub repo. All right, perfect. And I'm just done, so. Uh, yeah, so now you have the links to the GitHub repo and the slides. It was really pleasure. I really enjoyed reading all the comments in the chat and don't feel free to reach out to me in the uh, speaker channel in the conference uh, chat channel and I would love to answer your questions. So goodbye, everybody.
0: Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN.